0: Hello and welcome to the creative christians chat show i'm brendan conboy the dog in the pod this show is bursting with creative stories ideas and inspiration with a christian perspective so let's get on with the show Welcome back to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Convoy, the dog in the pod. And my guest today, I've I've known her for probably most of her life. Uh, Welcome, Lucy Houghton, who lives in Connecticut. That's right, isn't it? Got that right? Yeah, (laughs) Lucy, Connecticut in the States and United States of America, but you're not American, are you?
1: No, I am born and bred British.
0: yeah and I've known you cool. how long have I known you?
1: I think if I'm really honest I was probably 11 years old at 12 maybe at most so yeah um most of my life I hate to admit how old I am now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh, how, how did I know you back then when you were 11 years old?
1: So I got some very clear memories of um my parents attending church and at the time, as you know, I was a rather rebellious teenager. So uh. coming, <laughs> like coming, coming on a Sunday morning was for all of you boring guys who went to church. And um, I was still recovering from my Friday nights out, I think, by the time I was um, a Sunday morning. But the the lifeline for me was yourself and, and Heather and Andy and Wendy Morris, who were, you, were, you guys were my youth leaders. And um, I had, yeah, very clear memories of sitting in your, in your home, of sitting with Andy and Wendy and just learning about Jesus, but actually really enjoying the fact that you guys were slightly crazy. <laughs> yeah. And there were many moments where I, I think we went a little bit off topic but we had some real fun. And I remember also weekends away and how much you all became really part of my family. And yeah. that's how I look at all of you is, is actually family, not just friends, but family.
0: You're making me cry already. and. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I start sharing some memories, it'll probably make you laugh because I've got some pretty crazy memories of all of what the, some of the stuff we used to get up to. But even in the midst of that, I I learned that Jesus was love. Jesus was fun. Jesus was real. Yeah, um, and um, it wasn't a religion, and that that meant the world to me. No.
0: Those foundational years they are so important. I think yeah, sometimes. Parents and, and youth workers don't really fully understand and appreciate how important those years are in the development of, of, of people, young people growing up. And to hear you say what you just said, you know, um, yeah, it, it hits my heart. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but, um, you know, we're going to talk about some other stuff later on that is we, we know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. We know it's going to be some tough stuff, but before we get on to that that tough stuff um what happened after you you ended up going i know you went to did you did a euro with YWAM, w didn't you
1: i did um and it's interesting I've been reflecting on this recently, um especially because we we talk a lot about race and culture and how we can bridge gaps in in our church and and our community and uh, one of the thing comments that's come up is about um, white privilege and um i I've really been reflecting on this in my own life and where where are my um uh sort of areas that I don't see. But one of the things I I do know is that at the age of 16, 17, I knew I had grown up in beautiful white Cotswold villages.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, I I was very privileged to just to to live in that. And so my heart at the time was, I want to go and experience other cultures. Mm. I want to understand what it is to live in somebody else's shoes. Um, I want to understand what it what what it what might it feel like to be a minority um so uh, god was very gracious and um, put me in South america and so i was in bolivia working with street kids for 12 months at the very age of tough. at the
0: age of 18
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so um and from there just uh, that seeded this real sense of there is so much more to the world that in Western culture, we have not got everything right. Yeah. And yet we can easily assume that we have. And um, so from there, I then came back and um, didn't feel called cool to, to continue working in South America, in Bolivia. Um, yet it's still very much part of my heart. Um, and I knew God had me on a trajectory really to go into social work, to work within local communities where there was deprivation and poverty, abuse and uh, ended up in bristol university um, studying social work and uh, long story short did two years in child protection Um, by this point moved to the south coast and actually um, in the area of haven which um, houses what i at that point it may have changed the largest um, social housing in europe well, wow, I didn't know that. No, <laughs> nor did I. No, but It was that, you know, when I, and I got to know the community and really enjoyed working with many families, real salt of the earth families who, a mm. um, lot of whom knew and loved Jesus um, and some of those who had some deep struggles. Yeah. So um, after a couple of years, um, I, I had a real desire actually to work for the NSPCC um, having uh, heard of them for a long time and worked for um, several years um, in a domestic abuse project um, with women and children who've had to flee violence and abuse and trauma. Wow.
0: You've done some very tough stuff in, with your life. Very yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I find most of the time I'm, I'm, I was sharing with someone yesterday, I feel like a resistant missionary at times. I, I always tell God somebody else can do it. Um, I do a wonderful <laughs> Moses argument. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I met your wonderful husband. The first time I met your wonderful husband was at your wedding. Yes. See how quickly I moved on from the horrible stuff to the nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to recover from the horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you got married mm-hmm. and um, you, you've settled down, you've had children, and, uh, and and you've ended up in America. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs>
1: Well, let's, let's just say that, you know, I, I'd, I'd also travelled quite a bit in my 20s in Africa and, and worked in mental health as well. And I ha- America was not on my agenda. <laughs> um, and um, so my, my husband's job offered him the opportunity to do a three-months-to-comment in Connecticut. I mm. had to look up where Connecticut was. <laughs> because we all know New York Boston, <laughs> yeah. but there's, yeah. this, there's this piece in between called Connecticut. And um, so um, he came over and he was offered a full-time position. And through a series of praying and sensing that the law was opening this door, um, that we should really come over to the States. And uh, by this point, I had a... Uh, four-month-old baby uh, Tom and I have my four-year-old son Daniel. Mm. So we were really um, uprooting. Uh, I knew nobody and uh, apart from Simon he knew a couple of work colleagues and so my first reaction was I'm, I'm going to need a church. I'm going to need family. Um, I, I know my need for connection and and relationship and also a good church and um it so I started googling churches in the area we decided we were going to move to Bethel and um not Bethel
0: California let's let's check that
1: one yeah Bethel Connecticut yeah and uh, (laughs) very 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 different on on culturally and, and in many many ways and so I started googling and I saw the name um Clive Calver and uh, um, mm. anybody who is forty plus yeah. will possibly remember that Clive Calver was a very well-known with Evangelical Alliance. Um, his yeah. son Gavin Calver is now. I've
0: just had an email from Gavin today.
1: Great, guy, <laughs> great guy. And um, so his father was the pastor of a church in in Bethel, and so that. It was a familiar name. That's all I can say. I never knew the family, didn't know anything about them, really. But I knew that they had sound theology and um, this would be a good starting place. So we ended up in Bethel. We have been there since 2011. We we love it here. It's a great community. Um, And I have the privilege of actually now working in uh, Walnut Hill Community Church as director of care. Um, alongside a, a great bunch of pastors and directors and staff. It's, it's, it's a real privilege.
0: Director of care, that, that's, uh, that's gotta be a tough challenge in a church.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. And as always, there's been a journey to this point. I've only been in this role for the last uh, coming up four years, and um, having arrived in 2011 to a very, very cold winter, uh, temperatures of minus 25. Um, being being southern British, this did not work well with me.
0: Um, you start to question God, don't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I, I I didn't just question God. I told God quite often that he got it wrong. Um, uh, yeah, done that. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Brendan. I don't come <laughs> back. Um, and and there have been actually many moments in this last ten years when I have sat with God and had very honest conversations um, because of events that unfolded in the last ten years. Um, and so actually way before I would even contemplate or realise God would have me work here, um, I was just involved on a voluntary basis, helping in women's ministry and prayer ministry, have a very, very strong heart for um, and intercession and, and prayer. And um, it was sort of through getting to know people and them getting to know me, um, I ended up working um alongside a group of women who lost their children in the Sandy Hook shooting and it's experienced much trauma. Um, so I did that for about four years well, um, and so then took a bit of a rest.
0: For the benefit of those that don't know what Sandy Hook is and what the shooting was, mm. what, what what sort of scale? I mean, we hear about uh, shootings all the time, don't we? But what what why was Sandy Hook, what difference did that make to you? What, was it, what sort of scale was it and what difference did it make to you personally?
1: For me personally, um, having just dropped my own son off at school, um, I think we're probably about eight miles from Sandy Hook, um, no. and then getting the phone call that um, your child is in lockdown and not knowing why. Um, and so,
0: so other schools were locked down?
1: All our schools were in, in a, in, because we we border with the town of, of Newtown and Hook um, okay. is part of it. So all of our schools went into lockdown because yeah. nobody, nobody knew what was going on, but knew there was a crisis and a terrible tragedy. That was unfolding. Um, mm. So all schools went into lockdown, and so you get that call at um, nine forty in the morning, and um, you. For me, it was all of my as the as things unfolded, and uh, I mean, it's it's so typical now. The first thing most of us did, or as mums, we we went onto social media. And so it's the messages of what's going on, what's happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, absolute worst fears just in that moment exploding in your mind and your heart and your sense of what on earth must this, the families of those who had children in the school be going through in that, in that morning. Um, and so by the time we got to lunchtime, I was very aware of all the, of, of the of details. Um, and so I immediately actually turned the news off. The news had to go off. I couldn't take any more. Mm. I couldn't hear it. Um, and, I had to, you know, and I had to wait until uh, just after three to be able to get my own son from school. So it was uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas. Um, and that's what my parents had just flown in the night before. Um, to spend Christmas together. Um, So they were living through this alongside us, um, which was extremely shocking for them as well.
0: And you actually knew some of the parents?
1: I knew at the time I knew one parent who had um, their children in the school. Their their children were okay. Okay. and, you know, it's very difficult when you see children, you know, on the news live coming out the school. Yeah. Um, and as a church, uh, we had a, had a team of pastors who were in the firehouse near the school that morning to minister and pray with families and just be there. Um, they are incredible people. And, um, and, uh, and as a church, we continued to minister in whatever way we felt God was leading us to. We had many people in our church who lived in Sandy Hook or Newtown. Um, and uh, we ran a, um, we actually were, it was already planned. We were going to study Kay Warren's new book, which was called Choose Joy. And I always remember in the January being asked if I would uh, join that group and be a table leader and that kind of thing. And I actually was very resistant and just said, no, no, I'm actually going to go to the prayer room. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray for the families. I'll pray for you as, you as you lead that group. I'm just going to pray. And the question came back, please, will you will you help out? We've, we have a large group of Women who are wanting to be in this group. Mm. I was like, no, no, I think I'm better in the prayer room. (laughs) um, Why,
0: Why were you trying to avoid that?
1: Because something within me said the level of suffering and pain is going to go on for years and years. I'd worked with trauma, I'd worked with women and children who had been threatened. With firearms, I'd worked with women and children who had been badly beaten. I'd worked with a level of trauma and nothing to the extent of what we were working, you know, have, were walking through alongside in the community, nothing prepares you at all for that. Um, but I knew that trauma lasts a long time, years. Decades. And there was something within me that didn't that was struggling to enter into that. Yet my heart was so full of compassion. And yeah, I was so fearful and traumatized myself.
0: That's a normal human fight or flight response, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Self-preservation, don't put myself in in into that situation. Yeah. But
1: you yeah. did. Yeah, it was, um, you know, God was very clear. Um, I told God that we should leave the country and he said no. I told my husband that we should leave the country and he said, let's give it six months. And um, I knew my anxiety levels were were very high going through the roof. Um, and, um, and I just felt a sense of peace and the Lord would just say to me, Just look at what I put in front of you. Do not look to the left or to the right. Look at whoever is sat before you and love them. And I thought, okay, I can do that. I know I can love people. Um, and and it was it was a very literal thing. If, if I was in the room and I looked to the left or to the right, I would suddenly get overwhelmed because there was a lot of us in the group and we were split into smaller groups. And I would literally just um, focus on whoever was sat at the table with me and somehow have peace and stay calm and was able to just be part of what was going on. Um, but as soon as I literally looked around me my anxiety levels would, would build and build. Um, and so I felt the Lord just gave me this step by step. This is, this is how we're going to do this. And um, so I just had to listen to Him and I would find peace.
0: So the, the people in that group, in that, I'm trying to uh, clarify here the people in that group. Were they affected by the Sandy Hook school shooting?
1: Yeah, because we were all in the local community. Um, and then as an offshoot from that, uh, myself and then another lady who's now a close friend, um, we led a small group, facilitated a small group, which was for mums who'd lost their, their children. Um, Whoa. Was- so, yeah, God, God, God did some stuff in my heart. Um and again it was very much one day at a time, one step at a time. Jesus, what are you doing? What do you want us to do?
0: Yeah, how do you get through that? I
1: and I know it sounds cliche, but only Jesus. Um and And we, we never pretended that we had it together we never pretended that we were experts. we were just giving a space for people to explore faith yeah. and we used um, we used different book studies um, we gave the opportunity to explore what God's promises really mean because there are so many things and I know probably from your own life, Brendan, you know this that um, there are so many cliched expressions that get said. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, just pray for peace. We'll just do this. Well, God is good. And, and then what do you actually do in that moment when everything falls apart and you have to go to God and say, I don't know if you're good at the moment. Yeah. And your promise says that you will protect us. Well, there were a lot of questions around that. And so we gave opportunity to explore those questions and for people to be honest. And that was really important space because to um, over sort of use lots of Christian language and uh, not really acknowledge how things really felt would be denial. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, we weren't, we didn't, pretend we were experts or anything um, we just loved um, we had a lot of tears we had a lot of laughter at times as well mm-hmm. um, and so we met we would meet in in seasons we would do a winter season and a summer season and um, we continued with that for about four years and mm-hmm. saw, just saw people really grow in faith and they would bring friends or other you know other people who they felt really would, would benefit. Um and uh you know really saw people get to know Jesus in a way that was more than just religion.
0: So from something that was a a really dark I mean dark. I mean I can't think of a word other than dark that describes mm-hmm. the situation out of a dark out of darkness. Yeah. You've seen fruit. Mm. You've seen people's lives change in a positive way. Yeah. From a negative situation, a group was formed. This is the Creative Christians chat show, and some people listening might be thinking, well, where's the creativity in this conversation? And, And what you actually did what you created is is transformational for the lives of those people that received the word you used was love hmm. and yeah. that is so often missing isn't it in people's lives just yeah. that little word love
1: yeah yeah, it's interesting. You use the term about darkness. One of the um, verses I, I wrote down for um, to share today is um, Kay Warren came and spoke at our church. Um, it was uh, twenty thirteen, December twenty thirteen, and that year she had lost her own son to suicide, Matthew, and. Um, she she kept her appointment with coming to our church and we were incredibly blessed and very fortunate to meet with her and one of the scriptures that god had revealed to her um that was was became a real lifeline for me as well and it was isaiah 45 verse 3 and it says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. And she really inspired me by talking about the treasure that you can only find when you're in those, those dark places.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we don't want to go into those places. We're, we're not going to invite it. And I don't think God is the one who orchestrates those dark places. But within it, when we encounter them, there are treasures that we will not find in any other place if, yeah. we're, if we allow Him. Um, and so, to your point about the creativity, the creativity was actually the safe place the yeah. safe place to just come and be, the safe place to be honest, the safe place to even ask the question, what, what might those treasures be? Um, and what, what do these promises look like when you are walking through the worst possible thing in your life? Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, um, very powerful to focus on, on God's word. It's one thing reading God's word, again, as you know, when, when all is well yeah another thing reading god's word and and choosing to believe it when things are not well
0: yeah to have faith when you're faced with adversity yeah uh, it, 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 yeah it's it's difficult it's it's harder than difficult it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's impossible, but mm-hmm. it's not because no. god God comes in and makes the impossible possible
1: yeah yeah. And it also leaves you in a place of at times of well where else do you go yeah um you know what 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 else can work when the worst has happened
0: yeah
1: um and so these incredible women chose jesus um and it was just a privilege really i felt i was just kind of guiding something in with jesus and it was a privilege to be a part of
0: so some of them actually invited jesus into their lives out of that darkness
1: yeah and 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 you know others were already in that place but we you know it if there was ever a moment when one might walk away and say okay god you, you can just forget it um And I think probably there were all moments where we we all struggled. Um, Another real treasure was um, a pastor called Brady Boyle who came to our church um, with a a band and and really ministered to us. They had had a shooting on their church property um, five years earlier. And one of the words that he brought from a place of absolute knowledge was psalm 23 Mm -hmm. and again really ministered to us by saying look at the words even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and what he focused on was the walking through and he said you will know every corner every crevice every smell every sign of that valley Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you are walking through you will not reside in the valley. Yeah, the word says walking free. Yeah, and walking free with Jesus as your shepherd. That's
0: a fantastic point to make. Yeah, we are rapidly running out of time, Lucy. I'm really sorry, but um, oh, yeah, we've got about three minutes left. So uh, I'm gonna. I, I can't think of anything else to say about. To pray for you, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, you are facing difficulty, <sighs> problems, and trauma on a scale that is unbelievable on a almost daily basis. So, Lord, I pray for Lucy, Lord, that um, that you would continue to equip her. I thank you for uh, the things that she has already done, uh, that she's done. In faith and in your strength, Lord, and I pray that you'll continue to lift her up, her up to be the person, the 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 instrument, the tool that she needs to be to be used by you to do the tasks that come across her path, Lord. And, and um, I thank you, Lord, for the the light that has come out of darkness. And um, we haven't even. Uh, we haven't really delved too deeply into this subject, but it's there. And, and Lord, I just pray that, that you would continue to, to just lift people up that are affected by uh, this issue, Lord, and, and that, um, that, that somehow you would they would find peace in you and find that love that is so important. Pray that you'll continue to bless Lucy and everything she does. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though...